and Tazballs. You put are you good. put ranch on them. I mean, why wouldn't you put ranch on Fantasballs? <laughs> I don't know. That was a dumb question. I mean, like, get your head right, bro. Maybe some blue cheese. See, I like it's blue celery. cheese, but I don't like blue cheese. What's? I mean, I understand why people don't like blue cheese. It's kind of funky sometimes. It see, it's all the aftertaste. You know, it's all the aftertaste. Um, Howard Hanna mm-hmm. and one of my coworkers was like, "Oh man, you should check out this podcast. You should you should check it out." And then it was uh, the Adventure Zone. He was like, "It's just it's oh, so man. funny." And so it was like I uh, I I started, you know, looking into that and started getting really interested in that. And then, you know, just here and there would pick up bits and pieces of of obviously, you know, they're always doing fifth edition. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of learning all the fifth edition stuff. Um, so I picked up a lot of it from from listening to them. And then also, you know, any of the games that we played, uh, you know, off and on and then even though we only had maybe what, like two sessions. Yeah. It's, it's the roughness of, uh, getting all those people together at once. Yeah. It's, we we it's were a little something. ambitious with our, with our party size. There was, hey there man, was, there was a few too many, I think <laughs> too, too many people. There, there were some group. like, they were just some straight up chaotic evil people in there. Yes. Yes, they were. <laughs> and then like all of us lawful people are like, um, what, uh, can you guys just like focus? <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's a big thing coming from a, you know, a behind the screen. It's, it's one of the big challenges, you know, that you hear all the talk about murder hobos. Uh, but you know, trying to keep everybody cohesively together and uh, and happy to a degree, it's uh, it's a challenge sometimes. And I guess I don't even really know when you started. What, when did you start up? You know, all the D and D stuff, and and when well, did I guess like when were you a player first, and then you became a DM, or like later, or were they always like, oh, you're a DM now. You're you're so good at understanding this. No, I I definitely was a was a player first. Um, I was kind of got shoved into it <laughs> to a certain degree. Right. I, I didn't honestly, I, other than like Matt, like I knew Dungeons and Dragons existed. I knew it was out there, uh-huh. but I was more like a Pogs player in a Magic the Gathering. So like all that stuff. Oh yeah, man. I was the CCGs. Oh yeah, man. Get, good stuff so i was going like oh you know what like there was like i want to say four or five people and they're like oh we need like one more so i was like oh yeah no problem i'll play and that's kind of what got me into it it was uh 3.5 edition it was a superhero one uh as we'll talk about later but uh that's what got me into it and it was just like wait i can I can be somebody else and have cool powers. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think that was like kind of what started drawing me into it is that, I mean, I always played video games growing up and I, and I loved Mm. RPGs anyway, you know, the, the way that you can just delve into a character and really devote yourself. Um, 
to something that's that's not your reality mm-hmm. uh, always appealed to me. And then, you know, so I was always kind of skirting the edge. I just didn't, you know, kind of dive in until, I guess, uh, a few years ago. So I'm definitely still green, but, um, you know, excited to kind of talk about it and, and kind of see other people's origins and learn things that I don't know because I'm always into learning new stuff. Hey man, that's that's the best part about it though. Is it's it's a flexible enough game that you you can literally be, you know, first day, you know, no training. <laughs> as they first day, as, no training, no training. Fucking they threw me to the wolves, king man. Exactly. As long as you have a high enough acrobatics to get past the traps. And and a high enough like in real life luck. Yes. To roll things high. <laughs> to to roll hot. I think I think that was what I was always worried about. I was like, I in my life, I am I just always feel so unlucky mm-hmm. that I know I'm gonna get in there and it's gonna be like the boss and I'm going to be the last guy and I'm going to be the barbarian or I'm mm-hmm. going to be like a cleric that has to save everybody and I'm going to have to roll and it's going to have to be like a 15 and mm-hmm. it's going to be a one. And then because okay. of that, everybody dies. Like, I think that was like a weird kind of in the far, far back of my mind. Like you don't want to play D and D cause you're going to just ruin everything. What are you doing? Yeah, but I mean that's also what makes it interesting. And honestly, that's... everybody has to completely re-roll after <laughs> right. a one-hour session. Let's see. That's the thing. It's uh, you don't even have to re-roll now. Like now they have like the the preset characters that you, you just kind of like pick and choose sometimes. And I think I think that's part of what fifth edition made more accessible to people. Is and I I mean that's. There's many factors, I think, that made D&D more of a mainstream thing. But I think one of them was that it's a lot more accessible now. It's it's more user-friendly, for lack of a better word. Yeah, I mean, uh, just me learning, me reading through 5th edition, just when we were, you know, trying to get off the ground with it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and me really, like, developing a character. Um, it is. It's It's... If, if you want just super base level, you can like crack out a character in, you know, 20 minutes mm-hmm. and with like no thinking. And, right. and then, you know, you can build your character as, as time goes on and you can really get into it. Or you still have the ability from, uh, I'm guessing from the older editions, I'm not as familiar, but, you know, you have the ability to really, really build up this character and have a huge backstory mm-hmm. and have all these really intricate, um, you know, skills and abilities building off of each other uh, that aren't, you know, part of a template, you know? Right. Well, that it's, it's very true. And uh, I don't know. Some of the older editions were more rigid in my opinion, like you could still have the grand adventure, but especially mm-hmm. like fourth edition, like, yeah, it, like everybody was a, a a wizard that fought and then you all you had like dailies and right. like all this stuff which it was still fun but it was very like you had to be a freaking tactician sometimes 
in order to like make sure I don't want to waste this here, but what if I die and like all this stuff. So right, it's like uh, you know, in my opinion, it's almost like D and D went from other than like first edition, which is like the wild wild west of D and D. Almost anything went. Um, It went from like demon souls, right, to Breath of the Wild. And I'm, lot, I'm okay with of, going to Breath of the Wild. <laughs> a lot I'm of okay it, with starting at Breath of the Wild if yeah. you have like literally never done it before. But I, again, you can you can always go back to right. Demon Souls, and it can be just as hard as a, of a campaign. But because it can also be flexible enough to be Breath of the Wild, I think it's drawn a lot more people in. Right. It, again, that comes down to the DM. Like the, the the group that I'm in just now, we just I just finished a session with actually, not too not too long ago. It, it's they started they were like blowing through part of my campaign because they were rolling really well, so they were getting kind of cocky about it. So I'm like, all right, I threw you into a, a a fear world. They got transported to another dimension where there's thirteen fears, and that like. It's basically like a Cthulhu dungeon run. <laughs> so it's oh, just man. like, good luck. And, uh, wah, fear, wah. Demon, fear demon boss rush mode. Pretty much. <laughs> and uh, so it's like, it's, it's interesting because it's like, uh, yeah, see, uh, uh, it can be as difficult as you want it to be. Listen, I can do whatever I want. I'm the DM, <laughs> all right? <laughs> right. You know that. Don't, uh, don't come at me. And be like, oh, look, I guess we're just crushing everything you got. Right. What do you got, man? So it's it's funny. That it's like, oh, yeah? Well, uh, a sage dragon just appeared. <laughs> oh, oh, you're sorry? Oh, it disappeared. How? Oh, it's, it's weird. <laughs> so you, you prayed to the gods of the game oh. to forgive you for your discretions? <laughs> for your, mm. t- your unbelievable throw, throw hubris? Throw a beer at me, and and then and then maybe that'll work too. Yeah, right. Who's uh, who's got next round? So, yeah, I think it's it's that's the great aspect of it. It's just so malleable now, and that they really started dialing in on making things more understandable. Mm-hmm. Like, I I know we came across that when we were building characters with you. It's like. Some of the subtext is a little bit confusing, depending on how it stacks sometimes. But nine times out of ten, you can completely understand what you're building and what you're doing. Right. And how things maneuver. And if you can't, that's what house rules are for. Like, you decide with the player and with the, the game master to be like, okay, well, this is how this works. This is how I want this to work. You know, like uh, my my sorcerer or warlock or something like that channels chaotic energy at all times. So I can just always use level five spells. Would you allow that? Just uh, I, I never run out of spell slots for level never, five. Everything else. Everything else is done. But level five, you're solid on, huh? Yep. Yeah, probably not. 
<laughs> we could find a we you, could you find can, a balance. You, you could can, find a balance. Okay, so after... every time I use like fireball, <laughs> I I like at a level five fireball. I also would like grow an inch shorter, <laughs> or <laughs> or like uh, you know like that, that's I would a, I would, that's an I would awfully have to, like, rough balance. I would have to sacrifice a, a like a, a finger on my hand or something like that. Uh, maybe to use to use that level five. I can use it whenever I want, but I'd have to sacrifice like a piece of myself in order to do so. Oh man, I thought my Cthulhu dungeons were getting dark. <laughs> <laughs> you need to write the next campaign, right, man? Dang, that's rough. I I don't know if I'd be able to handle it yet. No. I'd say that's that's the beauty of it. Just shoot from the hip. Just do it. <laughs> just shoot from the just, hip. You can do it. Just do it. Do it. Just do it. Just do it, man. Make your dungeon come true. It's your dream. Just do it. Well, there is a dream realm, so gotta start being cautious. But yeah, I, uh, whenever they got transported, I gave them special powers too, based off all of the fears. So, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. Actually, sounds uh, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. What inspired me, other than wanting to give them a harder campaign, is that uh, there's this other um, podcast I listen to. It's uh, the Magnus Archives. Mm, yeah. If you, it yeah, if you want to talk before. about some horror stuff, that's that's a good, good podcast to listen to. And that's where I got the fears from for the campaign. And man, uh, it's it's definitely interesting. But yeah, that's that was my inspiration for this campaign, which is another thing. You can use anything to inspire you for the campaign. Right. Right. Any inspiration that you have around. The kids are doing well, obviously. Is uh, D&D something you're going to share with them as they get older? I uh, I think so. I mean, I'm not going to – just with any hobby, I don't want to, like, force it on them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I totally, when my son gets a little older, want to play video games with him and, and, you know, watch TV shows, you know, that I think are cool. Like, get him into Star Wars because I'm a super Star Wars nerd and get him <laughs> into anime because, you know, I, I uh, want to – you know, I just love that stuff and watching, you know, like the Studio Ghibli stuff is just. Oh, man, that stuff's golden. Like, even if we're just watching those movies, I think it, artistically they're super valuable to to know. Um, yeah. So d and I kind of look at it the same way where it's um, I'm not going to I'm not going to force him into it if he's like, Dad, this mm-hmm. isn't cool. I don't want to play this, you know, but. Right. Uh, I'll try to kind of, you know, have have it Available. around and, and try to like, oh, hey, we're going to go get together and we're all going to play this game. Do you want to come with us? Or, you know, mm-hmm. try to maybe have a a couple sessions if, if he or his friends are starting to get into it, kind of like hop in on one of their sessions or try to be a DM on one of their sessions or something like that just to, you know, kind of foster that if... He wants to do it, but I'm not going to be like, you are not my son if you do not play any D&D. No, we, we keep those emotions buried deep down inside. 
Exactly. And continue to say we're proud of them. Right. (laughs) I can understand that, though. I I have a friend of mine. uh, She's actually the one that makes the dice. Um, Her her son got into it hard. Uh, He's, I think he's, he's getting old now. Maybe 11 or 12. Uh Uh-huh. And, yeah, he, uh, he loves it. He just plays with his friends or? No, he plays with her and the family. Like, uh. Oh, cool. Yeah, because she and uh, her significant other were into it. So they, like, he started getting into it because he saw them playing and, like, he loves it now. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's really cool whenever they can, like, have that interest. Mm hmm. I think, I think it's important to, um, to have, whether it's D&D or whether it's something else, to have those board games, you know, to have that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that I really want to try to do as, as they get older and start to understand, uh, you know, board games and, and understanding rules and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because it takes you out of the digital world, right? It takes you right. into, if it's D&D, it's the, if it's the world that you've built around D&D. If it's not D&D, you know, it, it's taking you into this family get together where you have this, uh, you know, game that you're playing together. But the only way that you can really communicate or, or do anything is, you know, you're talking face to face with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that gets lost pretty easily uh, that I would always I want to try to have my children not not get stuck on. Uh, right. It's going to be difficult, uh, especially with everything. Yeah, Being more and more electronic. Yeah, unfortunately, that's that's how a lot of the the world leans to, and there is a disconnect. I think sometimes there's got to be a good balance. But I also think, just like you said, that back in the day, everybody wanted their kids to play chess. You know, they mm-hmm. thought they thought playing chess would sharpen their mind, and I mean, right. I think it did to a certain degree, especially if you you know really concentrated reading your opponent's next three moves and so on and so forth. A lot of these games, like like Magic the Gathering, there's so much strategy, especially now, so much strategy in Magic the Gathering. Like You, you see right. these guys build decks from scratch, and you, they build it around three cards, but it's not even a hinder, uh, hindrance to them. It, mm-hmm. just, it just makes the deck stronger somehow, and it's it's amazing. And I, I honestly, I think it even takes more because it's not it's not just you know all the combinations of how a piece can move and all the you know spaces it's you know a commander deck i think is like 60 cards if i remember correctly i think 24 of them are lands and the rest are all cards any card you want so you know how many combinations that could be whenever you're playing against somebody Right, and and you also have to know the the way that certain things interact with each other. Right, you know, and and building upon that to to make a stronger deck, and mm-hmm. and also at the same time you have to play. You may not have to think, you know, ten, eleven moves ahead of your opponent because you can't, you know, you can't see some of those cards, so there's just unknowns. Right, um, but you have to definitely p- see what they're laying down and and think about how to counteract that with what you have and make sure that you're not, you know, showing your cards too early uh, and that sort of thing. So almost more of like a military strategy, right? uh, I would say, I mean, I'm not no military, yeah, yeah, I'm no military tactician, but I imagine that that's more what it is, is you're, you're trying to think a couple moves ahead of them, but you're also 
trying to keep in sight all these other different things that they're trying to do. So right. if you have to, you know, change your plan on the fly, you have two or three other avenues that you know are possible to go down that you can you can go down those lanes as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's the same with, uh, you know, a lot of these role playing games and tabletop games. What's it called? The I can never pronounce it. Catan. Mm. Same yeah, thing. Settlers, Settlers of Catan. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, it's a strategy. I mean, I'm not saying I love chess, you know? I like playing it. I used to play it with my, my buddies every almost every night. We, we would just have a couple of drinks, and we'd get done playing, <laughs> you know, Street Fighter, and we'd play who knows how many rounds of uh, chess. But it, when it comes down to it, I think even from not a entertainment value yeah just a educational value i think a lot of these games are even better than a lot of the old school things because it, you don't you almost you have to branch your mind out to encompass all these things right you have to think outside the box uh, for solutions which sometimes you know like if you're just playing like war with cards or you're just like mm-hmm playing hearts or something like you have a clear goal and you take risks and everything but it's not as complex as having these large rule sets that you have to understand and and really delve into right Um, you know and now there's just so many board games out there too which is what's awesome about our show as we kind of like dig more into stuff is they're going to be they're going to be these board games that i've never even heard of and we're Mm -hmm. going to learn rule sets for them and we're going to learn you know from the people that that these are their main games like what they've taken from it right and what they if they built the system how how they built it and why they wanted to build it that way and and so it's it's a cool idea to to think about that kind of stuff and and how so many different people can think in so many different ways um, and still solve the same problem. Right. At the end of the day, it's like you said, it's the same end result to a certain degree, but the the journey, as they say, is different. And it's, you know, it can be amazing. Right. You know, you listen to some of these podcasts with these guys playing, like half the time they're playing, for lack of a better term, Calvin Ball. There really isn't any rules necessarily, but the journey they're on is amazing. And but that you can you can play it both ways. At the end of the day, you can you can play you know Calvin Ball, or you can be a very strict person. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons I have the group that I have now is. They they had a they had a GM but they didn't want it as strict as he likes to play it, so they wanted me to do it because I'm very flexible with my storyline and my rules. As long as we talk about it and agree on something, I'm pretty flexible as, as long as everybody's having fun. Right. And it's not like super OP for whatever reason. Right. It has to be within. It has to be within reason. You right. can't just run through everything. It's not one punch man. Oh, that's a great know? show, though. <laughs> you can't just run through and just, like, kill everything in just one hit. one shot everything. <laughs> right. Take, well, takes gotta, away from the drama of your campaign. It gets boring, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it. Uh, I, I, I can totally see that because it is, if you're only, you know, sticking to the rules and you're not flexible as a DM, I, I can see how that can get frustrating as a player as well. I guess it's, uh, I guess it's, hard to to tell because you know i've only played with you and from from what we've played 
your you have like a a view of where you want to go but if we go in a completely different route you're kind of okay to like roll with that mm -hmm. and instead of like forcing us back onto the path you're kind of like okay well uh let's just go with this and then you come up with something like <laughs> right off the bat and just like that's how we roll and that mm -hmm. and you know all of a sudden like the fear realm that you were talking about which mm -hmm. i'm not in that game that sounds awesome but <laughs> the fear realm thing it's like okay well you think you're doing so great how about we throw this curveball at you you know right but that's that's the funness of it and uh i like it better because i like the creativity to more lay on the players like i know where you guys are eventually going to get to when you want like an overall story like but right if you want to have fun getting there that doesn't mean you're always going to follow my campaign notes and it saddens me sometimes to throw them in the garbage <laughs> but but i mean it's uh, it's what you got to do to to get through and it, it, honestly it's i think that's the biggest thing in my opinion when it when it comes to these campaigns is flexibility i just had a i just had a picture of you like in my mind's eye like seeing you huddled over a notebook and you've you're like furiously scribbling and then like you get to your session and they just don't do it they do something completely different and you walk home and you just throw your entire notebook in the trash Pretty much. it's like 30 pages of notes about like what you want to do and where you want to go you just burn it you know just have like a little one of those sessions where you you put it in a a fire pit and there's just like a whole bunch of lighter fluid all over it yeah it just goes up with a match Pretty or much. or like the the scene from arrested development where you're just like super sad and you're just walking with your head down <laughs> like raining the notebook's getting wet but <laughs> yeah. i don't care yeah i mean that's that's the roughness of it but uh the the best part about that i think at the end of the day is you can always use it later right i guess that's true like you can save it for the next campaign right there's the next campaign or like if you had some sort of trial like quiz or something they had to pass but they bypassed it somehow you can use it on the next dungeon like so that, that again that, that comes back to that flexibility of uh being able to do that and i i think that's again something that's making it very very accessible to a lot of people is yeah it's you can just go with the flow it's something simple something easy i mean it can be an expensive expensive hobby though uh if you do like a yeah. lot of stuff's free uh, you can get almost everything free but if you want anything nice it can get very pricey very fast yeah i think uh that's another <laughs> deterrent for me sometimes I'm yeah. like man it would be so sweet to just get those like custom polished brass, you know, dice set. And then you look at the price and you're like, mm -hmm. that's $60. <laughs> right. And I'm going to use it like once a month if I can get together with people. <laughs> like, right. But that, but that's with the really good stuff, though. Like, you can still get pretty decent stuff for a, a good price. I think what it comes down to is it's like that uh, it's like that wall that you eventually break through, and then all of a sudden you're sp like you oh I'm just gonna get one set of acrylic dice, you know, just so I can have it. Right. And then they're like, well, this is pretty nice, but that one's red. It's the gateway drug. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, the, the one set. The one, the one set, set of, of like dice. five dollar. You know, the one $5 set of dice that you got that 
was just like the most basic thing just so you had something but it was like a custom color is like the gateway drug to being like oh but this this is like epoxy and it like looks like a galaxy inside each die i want that you know Mm -hmm. exactly and that's the thing though those things are so freaking cool like having those dice or having those you know little accessories Mm -hmm. i don't even know why but it it just accelerates the experience so much for some reason just little trinkets just it's so cool to have these little things and like the the mat that you can draw your own dungeons on and like all this stuff that they have now and it's just it's so fun like it makes it so much more immersive whenever you have this these things that you can use right quality of life improvements right it's almost like you can you can focus more on like your own imagination somehow whenever you don't have to also imagine the radius of a spell (laughs) you know what i mean like is it a cone is it a right exactly is it a ray i don't know is it 50 50 meters 25 what what do i have to roll what's going like is this a dex dex save or is this like a strength save? I can't remember. Let me look at my book. Oh, wait. I have this card. Right. I have this card. I have this this spell. Like, it's just so nice to be like, oh, what is entanglement again? Oh, well, it's, it's on this card. It tells me exactly what it is. Right. I never have to remember all these things. I can focus on the imaginary picture I have in my head. Yeah, man. I And the, the thing is, like, once you buy it, you have it. Right. As long, I mean, as long as you don't throw it away because you're angry. <laughs> it, it was so funny, though. The, the other day, uh, somebody gave me a set of dice. Uh-huh. And then, like, I had a bunch of dice out. Like, I put them with my other dice. And they're like, oh, I guess you didn't need dice. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can always use more dice. I always need <laughs> dice. Right? It's, Listen, there's, there's no limit to this. There's bad juju dice. on this set. Yes. Just got to go away for a while. Yes. And then you have that good set that you had to retire because, you know. Nothing good's ever going to happen again. Right. Exactly. So that it's just there's, there's never enough of it. And that it's and the, there's so many there's so many avenues that you can go down with everything. Like every campaign deserves its own set of dice unless it's crappy. Then I can deserve another set of dice. <laughs> and then you just melt it and make it into a new set. Yes, <laughs> if it even deserves that, you can go to the graveyard. Though I have been getting more back into Magic: The Gathering, though, too. Oh yeah. Oh man, I made like a, a werewolf deck mm. the other the other day, where like the the, the commander of the deck basically feeds off of all the wolves. Okay. So it's like as strong when it when it pops out is it's as strong as the number of cards that have wolf in the name. And, like, almost every monster I have is wolf. And I think two-thirds of them, whenever you play them, they call, like, two token wolves. wolves. Yeah. So it's, like, almost guaranteed that I have at least six to ten wolves as long as I'm not doing really poorly or drawing really poorly. So whenever I pull this guy out, it's, like, guaranteed heavy hitter. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. This wolf summons three other wolves. That's how it is, man. That's that's one of my. I, that's the red deck that I was playing with. It was a goblin deck that did the same thing. Yeah. Where like, I think I played you with that one. No, that that that, that was the Minotaur deck. 
Oh, okay. The the red deck that because that was Brandon's. That was Brandon's right, Minotaur deck. Right, right, I, right. I was I was playing my Enchanted Green deck. Uh, but that was a while back. That was a while back. Uh, but the the red deck, it, it's like every other card. Either the goblin has haste, or it calls two to four goblins out, like tokens. And they're only one ones, mm. so they're not very right. strong. But then I have four raid bombardment enchantments, which basically, if you put this card out as an enchantment, every time I attack with any monster that has a, a, a attack power two or lower, it does one damage to the opponent. All right. So, so I have like nine goblins out, right? And all these goblins are less than two power. Well, before anything happens, he gets hit with nine damage. And then I attack with my nine goblins. <laughs> and you only got 20 points of life. Right. So it's like, depending on how many monsters he has to block, I'm either going to get you this time or the next time. Right. And I have four of those. So say I have two of those out and I have five goblins. He's getting hit with 10 points right off the bat. So it's, it's, it's a very fast acting deck. So once I get that engine started on that deck, you're pretty much screwed. Ain't no stopping the goblin train. Basically. Once that engine gets going. Right, and then I have all these token goblins to protect me from damage at the end of the day. So as long as nobody has flying, and I have a couple dragons in there to offset the flying as well, but whenever I want to play fast and loose, that's the deck I like to play with. Just hold it, hold it on the side, just whenever you want to just pull it out. That's right. Not think too much, just throw stuff out. Pretty much. That's that's kind of what that... It's for fast sessions, basically. I either lose fast or I win fast. Very rare that I spend more than 15 to 20 minutes on a on a game with that deck. Just because it's... If I, if I don't play it right, I mean, I don't get the cards right, It uh, you're pretty much screwed. Leaves you pretty wide open. I, I enjoy it, but it's one of those things, too, where it's like... It's just so intimidating, and the money involved trying to get into it kind of throws me off because i'm gonna have to drop like i have no cards literally i just use other people's cards whenever i've played in the past i was gonna say you just need to come over i got like hundreds build build, a build a deck go play build a deck see how it feels (laughs) feel the power feel that deck gotta get it's like it's like tarot sweet sweet (laughs) sweet sweet goblin power and sweet wolf power that's right. It's like a tarot card deck. You got to sleep with it under your pillow, become one with the deck. Know how to read it, yeah. know how to talk to it. Exactly. You got to whisper sweet nothings. Yeah. We want to take a moment to thank Steph of Origin Story Dice for supplying us with a bunch of custom D20s that we are giving out as gifts. Origin Story Dice is a great place to get custom-made dice that fit your new homebrew character or brand new campaign. Each set of dice are made of high-quality resin, sanded, carved, polished, and numbered by hand. Using these dice, they have a great lightweight feel and will be perfect for rolling those sweet, sweet nat 20s. Stop by Steph's Instagram at originstory underscore dice to see what she has to offer and to find links to her storefronts. Our guest today that we're going to have for the interview part of this interviews and reviews, a good friend of mine, Adrian Wi-Fi Yancey, uh, aspiring 
rap artist. Uh, just dropped one of his songs called Clouds. Uh, we should uh, put a link to that, but we'll talk to him more about that whenever we bring him on. Uh, he's actually the one that got me into D&D to begin with, with 3.5. Right to the source. Right to, right the, to source. the source. I thought it was appropriate, considering everything. So let's bring him in and uh, see how he's doing. Sounds good. Hey, what's up, my man? What's going on? Not much, man. How you doing? Hoping 2021 is better than 2020. All right. 2021's definitely going to be better than 2020. I hope so. For sure. No, but how are you guys doing today? We're doing good. Recording uh, recording our first episode. Glad you could join us. Hey, I'm happy to be a part of it for sure. Yeah, I was just uh, telling Mike here how you're kind of the, the one that got me into D&D and board games to begin with whenever we played uh, the superhero session. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How long ago was that? That was that was quite that, that was towards. That had to be towards the end of it. Like I, I only played. Yeah, I think fourth for, edition. Like for a couple of years, and then I, I you know, we kind of most of us let it go. But. Yeah, I think fourth edition came out pretty soon after we played that session, and uh, that session. Yeah, that's. I mean, it put a time frame on it. That that was you were still living at, at Dan's at the time, so that was a good good amount of time ago. Oh yeah, I was out in the uh, cranberry or uh, what was it? Not cranberry, almost cranberry. Was uh, like the Wexford area. Wexford, that's what it was. Yeah, uh, lots of memories there for sure. I remember, I remember those days. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> <clears throat> no, but it was it was something I got into. It was something that I kind of got dragged into. There's nothing I, th- I, I, feel- I actually thought I would enjoy until I got dragged into it, and then I played it. For- and I, I dragged just- him into it because I got dragged into it, and we both ended up fighting it. <laughs> it says just telling him earlier was that uh, <laughs> I kind of got. Uh, put into it as a, an extra person and uh, just kind of grew from there. Yeah, it's kind of how it falls upon people. I mean, like, I, I, I guess the way I see it, it's, I've, I've never really been a part of a group of friends other than maybe that one group that even probably knows what it is or, like, uh, you know, other than what you see on TV. Uh, it was definitely a unique group. <clears throat> um, yeah, I made some really good friends just, just because of that. So when, uh, when, when did you start D&D? You started with Ethan? No, it was before. Um, Ethan was actually probably right before I stopped. Uh, where everything started to slow down. It was I was probably in high school, uh, and uh, I went to school uh, with this girl and his younger and her younger brother ended up being one of my best friends, Renee. You know, uh, I do know Renee. Yeah, <clears throat> Renee is the reason why I play. Renee, his brother, were big into it, and they would ask me to do it all the time, and I would say no. You <laughs> uh, didn't want to be. You didn't want to no, be the like, like nerd, to, you know? Yeah, right. And I was young, so and I knew that. And I was like, well, and then eventually I was like, oh, I mean, these are I, these are my friends. Ended up taking a liking to it, plays a little bit. I, I think I enjoyed it a lot because it wasn't. I don't know, it was just not like it, it was on TV. It was not like more laid back. People weren't, you know, super nerding it out. We were just kind of drinking, having a good time. Yeah, it's definitely uh, a misperception, especially back then. Uh, yeah. it, it's it's not. Uh, we were just talking earlier. It's it's more. You know, expanding and understanding and having strategy and all this other stuff. And uh, even then, it's still fun to do. Like, it, it makes strategy and tech, being a tactician exciting, not that, oh, all these numbers and stuff. And it's just, it's a lot more fun than people, I think, realized it was. And I think a lot of people also, it's something I didn't realize at first either. When you think about the stereotypical person that plays, and that might not be, you know, it's true now, but. Back then, you know, you would 
you repent a certain type of person, you become a nerd, you become a you, you try to figure out why these kind of people would play the game, but then you realize after you've actually experienced it. And a lot of them probably are even just dealing with their own issues of social anxiety and, and being something that they're not perceived in real life. Like you're looked at as a loser or a geek because you do something like that, but then you get to play this game where everybody is going to accept that you're whoever you tell them you are. It's probably almost like therapy. Right. Yeah. You might have the hesitation to start because you're worried of how other people will look at you. But then being part of a group like that can really help you, you know, grow into your your true self or to kind of just, you know, find a, a, something that you're interested in and, and a hobby that can last you a long time. Yeah, for sure. And just social, socially, social comfortability and just being able to, to just be able to let loose a little bit more than you might, you know, you're your normal hangout and going out with social pressure. But yeah. You just uh just gotta roll a high enough charisma roll. I mean, I don't know how everybody else <laughs> Yeah, you just gotta let <laughs> loose. <laughs> just gotta let loose. But uh it was a good experience. I can't I can't not. uh I can't say it's something I would give a whole lot of time to anymore. It's not for any other reason other than I just have a lot of other things I I'm spending my time doing. Mm. I don't think I can devote that kind of time to it because it is time consuming. Uh, but if somebody asked me, you know, oh, well, what was your experience like? And if, you know, if I was helping them decide whether they decided or not, I would tell them to try it. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. But don't knock it because of the stigma that's attached to it. Uh, we'll miss out on a lot of things that way. Right, definitely. And uh, you. You also have uh, a couple editions back, uh, 3.5. Obviously, the game has evolved a couple editions since then. But what was your big takeaway from 3.5? Like, what, what, what did you, what did you like about it, and what didn't you like? Well, so I guess when I started, it was, it was we're doing three, I think. So I don't know much about the older renditions other than hearing them. You know, the people in my group had who had been playing it for probably most of their life would tell me about it. So that's that's what I knew. And whenever it switched to 3.5, it just seemed to be an enhancement of that system. And it was very open. It's very creative. I get to, I felt like I had control 100% over whatever I was going to play. Where some of the newer systems, I feel like are more cookie cutter, where you're, you're only given so many hours, you know, or so many paths. It's like, the difference between playing Skyrim and making your character and then going and playing, you know, Contra. You have, you have to pick one of those guys. You know what I mean? It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's right. so many paths. So, but it made it easier and more intuitive. So the game got easier for people, but then I think less stimulating for people who weren't worried about it. <clears throat> I, I yeah. can definitely agree with that, especially if you go from 3.5 to 4. You're absolutely right. 4 is 100%. It gives you a card of what this person does and run with it. Yeah. Uh, but I think that because... I think it's the magic of it. It's, it's like almost taking the magic out of it. Right, and I think that's why they moved back to more <clears throat> freedom in 5th edition, the the one that's out right now. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. I know nothing about it. I obviously haven't... Right, that's a... I, I know we we discussed playing in the, in the past with 5th edition, uh, but mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely right. I think... That's one thing they did right in 3.5 was the customizable of your character. And that's what they brought back with 5th edition is it's way more like there's there's more limitations when it comes to like they, they basically they went back to bare bones. 
But because they did that, I think that customizable ability that you had in 3.5 and 3 was brought back. And that's, oh, okay. what, that, that's what made 5 more accessible moving <laughs> forward. And, you know, I was talking to Mike, it, uh, I'm sure he agrees, is it, it, it made a lot simpler as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I came in with 5. Um, I, I really have no knowledge aside from just, you know, uh, basic research about what some of the other additions are. Um, so I guess uh, one thing that I'm, I'm curious about, uh, and Adrian or Ethan, you guys can chime in on this, is um, what, what about 3.5 evolved that made it more customizable that you're talking about? Was it, uh, were there new spells that were added or were things opened up where, you know, maybe you couldn't get these sort of spells or do these sort of... Um, abilities when you were a, a rogue but now when in 3.5 it's a little more broad you can branch out i would say it was a little bit of a few of those things it, it definitely added some things just with new you know equipment so stuff like that, that you can use while you're playing again. I, I felt like it did better with higher level stuff if you get higher because they did i think a lot more with like a huge class and, and and the next step so that you weren't done when you were just you know, done being this kind of character, you had a whole nother class progression that you can you can start. Um, you know, reach reach a higher level. It just it was it was fun for longer. Yeah, it definitely extended its life, and the equipment uh, played a, I think a bigger role. Uh, the ver- the variety of things that you could do with your equipment, I think, added to it more than uh, than before. Okay, that sounds cool. Now I know um I know Adrian, we kind of talked a little bit about it or kind of know a little bit about it you you like to kind of build um superhero versions of D. is that right so it's it's, it's just it's it's a, it's a it's the same cl- class of game but it's it's uh yeah it's just basically set in a different world but there's different rules there. it's not exactly the same um but in in the just the classification of what kind of game it is it's just the same type so it's that role playing tabletop it's like different how the rules work so you kind of have to learn so you play that more now or or was this still sort of when you were playing back this with, was all in that in that in that, in period. that period of time in which i played i have not i don't uh play anything at all anymore. i haven't played. uh but during that time we wouldn't you know wanted to see the same thing on all the time there was probably uh rotation of like five different types that we, they were all very similar but like you know just slightly different made it a little bit less. Okay, cool. Boring or not. That's the same thing. So did you play more as a DM or more as a, a character? Character. Definitely a character. Was Renee more the DM or was it always somebody or did you guys rotate? We had a, there was a one main dude that did it because he was just the best guy. Yeah, he really liked to do it. So he came up with like really crazy, like long stories that you could really get into and, uh, you, uh, that was Rippy. <clears throat> Rippy was always that guy. Me and Renee were usually playing. Renee would, but Renee would do it like if him and Kane and, and my, my dude Max, they would get together and hang out, and they would just do like a little game themselves because they were bored, and he would run it most of the time. But if we all actually got together, usually it was, it was, it was that guy. That makes sense. From what I know of uh, Renee, he, or uh, Rippy, he, he was... Uh, Definitely a storyteller. For sure. Definitely. <laughs> Access and everything. 
you always kind of have to be that uh, guy who kind of exaggerates a little bit to to be good at uh, DM. I think, right? Yeah, to make it to make it fun for people, you know. You can do it and just do it, but like if you're not putting anything into it, there's nothing special about it. I probably wouldn't. I tell you what, that's probably the second hardest thing of uh, playing a role playing game in general, though. <laughs> is having somebody consistently who wants to be the storyteller. Like, right. I, feel like I feel like it's undervalued uh, yeah. whoever, whoever wants to be that person because <laughs> they, like, literally have to do 90% of the work. <laughs> right, yeah, definitely. Maybe even more. <laughs> right, maybe but even more. It's the reward because it's, I would imagine it's only enjoyable to do it if you're good at it because your enjoyment would be their enjoyment, right? So right. You just got to find somebody that really enjoys coming up with that stuff because they get their reward from the react. Yeah, if you don't if you don't get enjoyment from coming up with that story and trying to push people toward the the end goal that you have in mind, you know, you're you're never going to have fun as a D, as a DM and then the people that yeah. you're playing with are going to be bored because you don't have an interesting story. Right. Exactly. Right. You you can you can definitely tell whenever the the person telling the story doesn't have their heart in it or they got just yeah, they just got stuck doing it. Nobody right. else wanted to do it or something like that. But uh, but we, I was lucky. That's what I'm saying. I haven't really. I don't think I ever would have even given it a chance if it wasn't for this small. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all it takes, though, and that, that honestly, that's what you know brings it brings it to fruition and helps you move forward with it because you know you you find those people. It, it could be either or. It could be somebody that knows they like it. And they're like, dude, you know you're gonna love this. Just trust me. Come play. Right. Or you, it's so, you know, it's vice versa. You just happen to be. I mean, like with me and Mike, whenever we were talking about it, I don't know if it was me or him that that uh, brought it up, but it's just like, oh, so you like this too? And then we just kind of went from there. Um, yep. it, I feel like that's like the two main ways that stuff like this kind of comes together when that's, when you find that little group. Mm-hmm. That's literally how our group got bigger because we started with just a couple of us and then we all drank. So we'd go to the bar. We would usually go to the bar before we played. <laughs> right. I don't know why. But we would all go <laughs> out. We would get something to eat. We would go to the bar first. And then um, after the bar, a bunch of people would get together and we would go back to the house. And then, you know, if nothing else was going on, that's what we would do. And we would probably play some fucking right. Um And. We would go to the bar, and then we would end up saying something, and someone at the bar would overhear it and then say something, and then they would end up coming back. And then they would, you know, they would come back every week until, you know, the size of the group doubled at one point. They play like a <laughs> NPC or just a drop-in character? Yeah, well, we definitely had a lot of people that did that. Did that for, you know, it got to the point where we would play outside. We had to play out in the court. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember uh, when I first started hanging out with you guys, you guys were playing on the porch, but I think at that time... Uh, it was more magic. See, I wasn't. I never got into that. I remember. I remember when they when they were doing that, and they were trying to try to to kind of get me into it. And I could. I couldn't do it. <clears throat> I still can't do the card game. Don't worry, Adrian. I'm kind of on the same boat. Yeah, Ethan's like Ethan's like Mike. You gotta play. You gotta play more magic. And I'm like, I mean, it's fun, but I don't know, man. <laughs> it just doesn't do it for me. It is and it's fun. Not just that game, it's card games in general. There's something there's something about <clears throat> I guess, you know, me personally, the way I enjoy things. There's something very important that's missing. And I can't even tell you what it is, but card games don't do it. 
I have no clue. I, th- I think it, it, it. I think it might be just a little bit more interactiveness. I was gonna say. I was. I was gonna say story. You know, because if yeah. you, because you need that. Pot, yeah, exactly. There's, you know, you're just sitting there. You're battling somebody with a, you know, in the card game. And there's no like, how did I get here? Why am I doing this? You know, what are these people in this deck? You know, what are their stories? And <clears throat> I know with. I know with magic and and other CCGs, they do have that lore, but you really have to really dig in and like read that lore in the back instead of just kind of creating it on the fly. But even still, even if you go back and read that lore, it doesn't mean anything to your actual game. I'm still going to play this. You know what I mean? It's not right. Yeah. It's like, it's like the game at all. It's like trying to understand all the lore of uh, like league of legends or something like that. You know, (laughs) how much does this really help me? Help me play bot lane, you know. You, you, exactly. You you want to understand some crazy lore? You go read all the lore to everything that's in uh, uh, Dark, Dark Souls. Souls. Yes, that that <laughs> is some shenanigans. Shenanigans yeah, wow. and, uh, and and very hard to even follow because they, there's not like very little dialogue in the game. And so in <laughs> incohesive when it comes to a bunch of stuff. Uh huh. Though I think I think that's kind of what we replaced D and D with with games like Dark Souls. With yeah, with Dark Souls and Demon Souls and stuff like that. Yeah, that was the hardest one of the hardest games I ever played, and I love how difficult it was. Uh, it was amazing. <clears throat> I, I I can't recommend it enough to people, especially people that like that kind of difficulty. Yeah, I do the same thing. Only like one out of five people though ever actually end up liking it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> only only certain people have the masochism needed. <laughs> <laughs> to play that game. Play that game, man. I I definitely put in so many hours of that game. I was good at that game. Though. I I think I remember uh, one time I I can't remember if it was Dark Souls or or Demon Souls. It was uh, one of the first ones. I I played it and I was like going through a castle and then I like step out onto a bridge and I'm like, okay, cool. I'll run down this bridge. And then a dragon just like comes through and fire bombs me and I just die in an instant. And I have to go back to the beginning of that little castle that I was in. Yeah. And I just like sat there and I was like, what the hell just happened? (laughs) No telegraph of the attack. Like nothing. Hey, that's, uh, uh, First of all, that it's Dark Souls three. Okay, yeah, I couldn't remember which one. <laughs> I just remember that distinct moment. It's very distinct. That was one of man. It takes forever to kill that dragon too if you do it right. I want to. Uh, I do want to go back and okay, and replay. They remastered the one of the older games. Oh, the Demon Souls. Yeah, yeah, for PS five. Yeah. I want to, and it looks really good. I wanted to go back and play. That's that's the biggest thing with those games is has been. I've I've wanted the Demon Souls, Dark Souls, and all of the Zelda series to be remastered and updated. Th- that'd be amazing. I'd spend so much money on. Amazing. I'd spend so much money on that. Hundreds of I dollars bet, would be dropped that, if I, I, if Zelda gets remastered for me. Oh, hundred. <clears throat> I bet you they do do that. That'd be great. But all right, we got uh, some writing questions for you. Okay. Wi-Fi. Uh, some people wrote in. This is going to be a section where we read some write-ins, and then whichever one we think is the most interesting question, that person's going to get a little something-something from us. Exactly. Cool. All right. Uh, so first one comes from Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. 
what uh, is the most frustrating thing you've had to do from a DM's perspective? Like, frustrating thing you've had to deal with, I guess I should say. Most frustrating thing I know we're digging deep on memories right now. <laughs> I know, I'm trying to, like, bring them all back. Uh, I probably have to say an annoying player. Yeah, I, I can respect that. Like an, a really obnoxious person. In in what way? Like, just being an ass to be an ass. Like, you know, like a preventing progress to, to do really unnecessary things that they're obviously doing on purpose. I've played with people that are, are just, you know, just wanted to be, or something happened and they got pissed and then after they got mad, they would just, you know, be real petty. Yeah. yeah. Ethan and I played with, uh, a guy and and he decided that um like the door was already open to go into a dungeon and he decided that he wanted to like blast it open with like ice blast or like a fire ball or something like that i can't remember exactly what he used but he just wanted to like blow the doors open even though they were already open yeah just just <laughs> just just to make an entrance i think that's, uh, that's, that's what i'm talking about <clears throat> oh yeah. man! I think because of that, I ended up you guys, which you weren't even supposed to run. I think the most you were supposed to run into somebody was like two goblins, and I think because of that, that like at at certain point you can only you just tied your hands, you know. So it's like I think I there was like six goblins and two hobgoblins that you guys had to fight. And it was like the beginning yeah. of the dungeon, right? Like, <laughs> it was like he already kicked the door in. And then, like, directly after that, one of the other guys was like, I'm just going to blast the door open with ice blast. And he's just like, we were like, but the door, like, the door's already open and you kicked it open. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Like, everybody in the group was just like, yeah, but it's open. Like, <laughs> like even I was like, so you want to make more noise, right? And uh, there was like no, there was no helping. It wasn't even like any like DM help that I could be like, hey, if you do this. Well, that was your help. You were like, so so you want to blast this open door <laughs> off its hinges with ice blast? And he was like, yep. And you're like, okay, okay. <laughs> that was your help. You were like, are you? You're like. Are you sure you want to do this? Because the door is already open, and he was still like, "Yup." Freaking ridiculous! Right, but yeah, that's what I meant. Is that next uh, question? Especially if they do it repetitively, like over and over. Yeah. Next question comes from Neil. Thank you, Neil. Uh, what's been an unexpected highlight whenever you play? Like, what 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 was uh, the most unexpected thing about playing? I didn't know how funny it was going to be. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't know I was going to enjoy it on that kind of level. Like, we laugh like that. We were very like the game was very lighthearted. It, it wasn't so you know we were playing the game, but at the same time it was we, we knew we were just trying to enjoy enjoy it. And the guy who ran it also understood that it was more important for us to enjoy ourselves than it was for everything the next thing to go his way. So he was, mm -hmm. he was very bendable, and uh, yeah, it just made it fun. Very fun. Awesome. Yeah, this draws it back to earlier. Flexibility. Flexibility is key, and uh, that flexibility yeah. is what leads to fun. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure you know there are moments where it's like the emotions of of the group would change in general. So it's like the whole group was having maybe like a rough week or something, and then you guys get together and it's a little bit more serious session. But then it's like you know two weeks later you're 
running around murdering everybody in the village just because <laughs> like or like somehow changing people into chickens or something like you doing something yeah. crazy you know so last question last question we have um is from andy uh what what would be what's the most challenging character or npc you've played slash played against uh, does any anything come to mind that's stuck in your mind either being being played or played against yeah, playing the superhero one, which is probably my favorite out of all of the different renditions of the game. Uh, but that was the only one where I was, I was like, the, I was in charge. I don't know how it happened, but that was the only, I was literally the main guy. <clears throat> I usually play support. Uh, you know, I didn't take that, that leader role. Mm-hmm. But it was really fun. I enjoyed it. But that was, that was probably it. What was challenging about yeah, that, just, about that one? Just it was very it was a dark game, so there's a lot of decisions that like I would have to make for everyone. I would I would either do this or I'd or I or I wouldn't do this and it, it meant a whole lot usually because of the, the situation and the powers that I had that I could have. Oh, I got it. so like <laughs> your so your character that you were playing had sort of just developed into like the leader of the group, the, the superhero group? Right against my will, uh, against my will, pretty much. <laughs> I didn't even want it, but they all made me do it. So. Hey, that with great crazy. power comes great responsibility. Oh, yeah, that, and I, that old <laughs> chestnut. You gotta, gotta it's superheroes, man. You gotta, it is. You, you gotta to. say it. <laughs> you got to. Now we're gonna but get it was, copyrighted. It ended up being my favorite game I had ever played. Well, I think that the challengingness of it, of being thrown into a role you're not used to, is what makes it fun sometimes. Like, it's not always yeah. great whenever you may be forced into it, but sometimes, it, you know, that little change-up can mean a lot. Yeah, yeah, and kind of along the lines of, uh, you know, the way I feel about D&D from what I've been playing over the last few years um, is you you don't expect it to be funny or you don't expect it to get so serious or so, you know, get so involved with it. But when you do have those moments of, of challenge or when you do have those moments of these like really big payoff moments in a story, you know, it just it's just this like spark that's just ignited in you and in your imagination that just like it fulfills you, you know, and, and I think that's something to be said is that unexpected things can can fulfill you more than, you know, expectations sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. So we'll decide on who the winner is and announce that on the next session. So listeners, be prepared for that. And write in your questions for our guests and ourselves to answer uh, and maybe get something a little, uh, little something special sent to you. So, Adrian, I also one of the reasons uh, I want to bring you on is that you just dropped uh, a new single, Clouds. Fantastic. Uh, I'll put a, uh, a clip in here for everybody to listen to a little snippet of it awesome so i mean what uh i know you're you've been aspiring for this for a long time but uh what uh, what brought about this 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 single? How you how you been feeling about it? Well, uh, you know, I, yeah, I've been doing it for a long time, and uh, I finally just 
I needed to give it a, a shot and just put it out and see what, what people thought. I've hesitated or things have gotten in the way, having a family, uh, you know, things like that. But at this point in my life, I, I have the time. I had the, the, you know, the financial means too. So I decided to give myself a shot. <clears throat> and uh song Clouds I wrote, you know, a, a song about how uh, I deal with my day-to-day issues, problems, and anxiety, and how, you know, um, it makes me feel. So it's a very vibey song. I wanted it to make people feel good mm-hmm. and, and, and kind of just ride with. So I'm doing pretty good. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Now, is there somewhere people can reach out and uh, listen, listen I'm on, to it? I'm on all social media, all main stores. Uh, Spotify, um, the name is Wi-Fi, um, but the first I is an exclamation point. <laughs> so you got to okay. remember that to type it in. But, um, yeah, I'll be on, on All Stars. Uh, I got songs dropping you know, every two weeks. Awesome, awesome. I got another like, comment, subscribe, and uh, I appreciate everybody. Else. We'll definitely Sounds be cool. doing that, yeah. Are you building up? Are you building up to a full a full album or is just a couple different singles that you have in the works right now? I'm kind of just doing uh, the single releases right now. I do want to work on a project, but I felt it was a little bit better for me to put a couple singles out first and maybe see how people respond to it um, before I would drop an, an entire project because I've been inactive for so long. Um, mm. Dropping an album for no one, you know, no one's actually looking for it. So right. I wanted people to know I'm here first. Uh, before I put it out, so we'll see how how you know my response is to this to this year. And uh, this year, I'm really just focused on keeping people engaged and uh, staying on top of it, rather than working on a project. And I think uh, next year, we'll probably be gonna work on a project. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Good luck with that. I appreciate well, it, guys. We'll we'll definitely we'll definitely be listening, and who knows? Uh... And pushing what we can. <laughs> yeah, hey, I appreciate it, and vice versa. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think that's uh, that's all for today. Yeah. Well, thanks, Adrian, for coming out, uh, having the interview with us. We really appreciate it. Um, you know, and thanks everybody else for listening in. Uh, we'll see you guys on our next adventure. All right. I guess it's uh, about that time to tend the fire that's burning down. And don't worry, we'll keep a s'more ready for you when your hit points are low on your next visit, if you survive. Oh,